Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 30. Here's Pastor Ryan. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 30. That's 2 Chronicles chapter 30. We'll be beginning in verse 21. That was a good word from Pastor David Rosales and repeated by Brother Blair. Um, it's true, you know, kind of the similar thing happened to me when I first came to know the Lord. You know, I, I, I grew up drinking and had a... a, a I just loved the taste of it. I grew accustomed to it, and drinking was just part of my life. And so when I became a Christian, um, I tried to witness with, uh, you know, just a few, because you're not supposed to get drunk. And and I just learned quickly that that didn't work. And so uh, I, I love the taste so much that I went to Old Duels. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's non-alcoholic beer. And uh, so I tried, but then just the appearance of the old life, uh, no one was receiving from me. And the Lord spoke to my heart. You want to help people? Yes, Lord, I do. Well, then you got to let the old life go. Okay, that uh, alcohol has hurt way too many families. And I'm, I've come to save people from their addictions and the things that would bring them down. So Second Chronicles chapter 30. Amen. Verse 31 or 21. And so, Father, we come before you again this evening so grateful that we can come on a Wednesday night, Lord. I know that that many have come from work, straight from work, Lord, to here, and uh, others have just had a long day, the weekday, uh, you know, waking up early and doing, uh, you know, the things of the day, things that need to get done. But, uh, Lord, they've come, and uh, I've come, and we're grateful that we can come here to your house at night. You say, blessed are those who by night stand in the house of the Lord. And so, Lord, we... Just call upon your promise, Lord, in your word, that you would bless us now, that you would speak to our hearts the things that we need, that you would, Lord, remove any distractions, any doubts, any fear. You would bind the enemy, Lord, and that the ways of your kingdom would be upon our heart and our minds, Lord. Give us your humility to learn. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. All right, so it's been a while since we've been here uh, in... Uh, you know, being able to go through uh, Second Chronicles uh, chapter 30. But uh, a, a quick recap, uh, it is a wonderful time for uh, the kingdom, uh, the southern kingdom of Judah. Uh, it's a wonderful time. It's a time of celebration and great revival because, as you know, uh, the wicked kings before King Hezekiah had, you know, decimated the southern kingdom. They had stopped the worship of the Lord. They had closed the temple down and worshipped the pagan idols of the people. And so uh, for the first time in a very long time, King Hezekiah, the good king, a king like his father David, not his direct father, but we know the second king of, of uh, great king of Israel, uh, King David. Uh, he loved the Lord like David with all his heart. And so God is blessing him, and this 25-year-old king is turning the kingdom around. And the lesson, really, of the good kings is a lesson for all of us that 
if we seek the Lord, if we love God and put him first, no matter what the culture is saying or society, if we stand for the Lord, we walk in his ways, God will bless our lives. God will turn around very bad and dark situations uh, for his good and for his glory. God can do that. That's the story. That's the truth. Jesus is still at work and he's uh, wanting people to turn their lives to him so that he can prove himself strong to them and to prove himself their God. And so God is good and King Hezekiah, is uh, his life is completely and utterly blessed because he's turning the nation back to the Lord. And he called all of Judah to come and celebrate the Passover that hadn't been done in a long time. And so all of Judah has come. But not only that, he sent runners up to uh, the northern kingdom of Israel. Well, what's left of it, the remnant, because they were taken into captivity because they had turned from God long ago. And so a couple of the of the tribes actually, you know, people humbled themselves and they did come down to celebrate the Passover. It's a beautiful time in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is packed with people. I mean, if you can just imagine decades of not celebrating the Passover, decades of not being able to go to the temple of the Lord and worship the Lord. And here, uh, it's like times of old, uh, all of uh, Judah and Israel are gathered. It's a, it's a great time. It's a time of revival, and there were so many people coming that uh, even some of the priests were unable to sanctify themselves to be able to perform the sacrifices. So the Levites got in, 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 in play and began to do the sacrifices of the animals in order for the people to offer peace offerings and burnt offerings and, and, and just offerings to the Lord. And so there's a lot going on. It's celebratory. It's busy. It's a blessing. And there were even some who partook of the Passover lamb, they ate of it, though they had not uh, gone through or completed the ceremonial cleansing of the sanctuary that God calls them to do. And so Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, saw that and didn't want them to get in trouble with the Lord. And so he prayed uh, to God saying, may the good Lord provide atonement for everyone who prepares his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his fathers, though he is not cleansed properly. And the Lord listened to Hezekiah and healed the people. That's a beautiful prayer and a beautiful truth that, you know, God is still going throughout the whole world, you know, with his eyes wide open to anyone who would seek him and give their lives to Jesus Christ. And if anyone does, God the Father will forgive them and accept them into his family. That is still happening today. We need to be folks like Jeremiah who are praying for the lost, that God, you would give the lost in Banning and Beaumont and the surrounding cities, that you would give the lost just a hunger to seek after the true and living God. And Lord, use me and, and use you in whatever manner God would. But we should have a prayerful heart that way. Lord, open the eyes of those that are blind because the time is coming near for the Lord to come for his church and then come and judge this Christ-rejecting world. And we don't want anybody to be left behind and we don't want anybody to be destroyed. So it's up to us to have this kind of heart like Hezekiah. Lord, please touch their hearts that they might come and be cleansed and that you, Jesus, would atone for their sins as you've atoned for, for ours. Amen? And so it's good times. Just picture joy, celebration. Probably not on a Wednesday night. <laughs> Probably earlier, but still, it was cool. 
so the children of Israel, verse 21, who were present at Jerusalem, they kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with great gladness. And I, and I like that, that feast of unleavened bread. Again, the Passover, just commemorating the time when God saved them. God saved their fathers from the bondage of slavery in Egypt, that last uh, plague that he sent upon the Egyptians who Pharaoh would not let the Hebrews go, God's people go. And so uh, God uh, said that he would kill the firstborn of all those of the Egyptian, of the Egyptians. And so he told his people to take an unblemished lamb, to kill it, to take some of the blood and put it on the doorpost and the lentil of the house. And then they were to roast that lamb and eat it. And they were to put on their belts and eat it with bitter herbs and unleavened bread because they were going to take off the next morning. But that blood on their home was a sign to God. That blood of the lamb was a sign to God that those in that home are good. And so God passed over them and did not kill their firstborn, but the Egyptians. It's all a picture of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. He's the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And the blood of Jesus Christ is still a sign to all of us who believe in him. No matter what sins we've done in our life, the blood of Christ cleanses us thoroughly from them all. So we are not judged for them anymore. This is why we love God. The blood of the lamb cleanses us from all of our past sins. Amen? From all of our sins, period, I should say. And so they're commemorating this. This is the Feast of Unleavened Bread, seven days. And they did it with gladness. And the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day by day, singing to the Lord, accompanied by loud instruments. And so they, they kept the feast with great gladness. And they sang to the Lord day in and day out, all day long. They were just singing, and even with loud instruments. And there's a, it's a beautiful picture of praise. It's a beautiful picture of worship. It's a beautiful picture of where the people's hearts are. They're in a really good place because all of the, the offerings that they've been giving, the whole burnt offerings that, that, that symbolized God, I'm giving you everything because you have given me everything. Peace offerings that we're making peace with God that, that, that he, he does away with our sins and thus we have peace with God and we have peace in our hearts. The people in response to all that God has done for them and their fathers, they are celebrating with great gladness. And it's a reminder to all of us that it is a time of, of great darkness in the world, but that's why you're here and I'm here, because Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then he says, now you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men. And so we're here in this dark world. And part of letting our light shine is that we are a people of joy and gladness. We're, we are a people of joy and gladness, not because of our circumstances. It's not like, you know, we won the lottery physically, money or possessions or circumstances. That's not why we have gladness in our hearts or joy. We are joyful. We are glad because Jesus died on the cross for our sins and we are no longer going to hell for eternity we are glad because of our salvation. It is our salvation by which we have joy. 
And we need to be reminded of this often. This is why we take communion the first Sunday and the first Wednesday of every month. We take communion here to be reminded of the cross and and what he did for us so that we know just how much or reminded how much we are loved. That is the reason why the Christian is joyful. And for those of us who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives us his Holy Spirit. And hope does not disappoint because the Holy Spirit has been poured into our hearts by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And so circumstances, guys, they they come and go and they change like the weather. And, you know, in this world, things are hard. Paul would say that in Romans, we know that all of creation groans and is in labor pains even until now. Why? Because we're in these broken bodies that are getting older and older. You young folks don't know what I'm talking about, but you will if the Lord should tarry. And you are blessed. Yeah, the body. You know, we have physical ailments. We have spiritual warfare that comes against us. We have various trials that the Bible tells us that we are to rejoice when we face various trials because God is working some good out in it for our spiritual well-being. But nonetheless, they don't feel good when we go through them. And so this life can be hard. And I understand it. And I, we all can have sympathy and compassion for each other that we have hard days in this life. But as Christians, we want to make sure that it's not an everyday thing that we're, you know, sitting around depressed or with melancholy as if we have not been saved, you see, because no matter how hard things get, one thing stays the same. We have been saved from the pit of hell. God has loved you with an undying love. And if he died for you on the cross, won't he work all these things out for your good? Of course he will. Of course he will. This is why there's gladness in the believer's heart, or there should be. And the gladness and the joy in our hearts and in our eyes and in our smiles is so infectious to those that are lost, who look at us and, and see that we have problems just like they do. But there's a strength to us that they, they can't put their finger on. And we are there to tell them it's the Lord. It's the Lord. The one who created us has loved us so much. I walk with the Lord, and that is why no matter what we go through, we're going to be fine, and we can still joy. It's a supernatural joy that comes from heaven that the world cannot understand nor receive without Christ. I have been through a lot of things in my life. I, I'm blessed to be, for, be 48 soon. I'm blessed to be 48 years old. Can't believe it. You know, I can talk as one who has been, who has been through some things. A lot of hardships in my life. And uh, I feel like I'm the most happiest guy I know. The most blessed guy I know. Now I may not look at being six foot three and bald and big and scary. I know. You know. I won't wear lighter colors. White's okay. But no, no Easter colors. You know. No peach. No pink. Yeah. I know, I'm, I'm a big guy. What can I say? And uh, But I'm happy. I'm joyful. I am. And, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's, life is hard at times. It is. You can name the trials, the financial difficulties. I mean, we've been through death. We've been through suffering. 
And yet God has never let us down. Never has let us down. And he never will. And so here they are at the house of the Lord at the temple. And they're just worshiping and offering to God with great gladness. There's a time to be sorrowful. There's a time to mourn, the Lord says, for sure. Mourn with those who mourn. You know, we don't sing songs to heavy hearts. We come alongside and we encourage people when they have hard days. But generally, we should be the most glad people on the face of the earth. We really should. And uh, that's, that's who these folks are here in our story. They, they, are, they are celebrating with gladness and, and this joy. Jesus, before he went to the cross and he prayed for the, his disciples, and, but he also prayed for future believers in John 17, 13, as he was praying to the Father. This is what he said concerning their joy. In John 17, verse 13, he said, but now I come to you, Father. Now I come to you, Jesus said to the Father. And these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Jesus said, the things that I have spoken, I've spoken that my joy may, may be fulfilled in themselves. In other words, the things that you've heard from Jesus Christ, our Lord, the things that he has spoken into your life and the mine, they are there so that his joy would be fulfilled in our lives. That supernatural joy that comes from the Lord. He would go on to tell the disciples in John 16, 24, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. That's John 16, 24. Jesus desires that we're joyful, that we are people who are glad. In Psalm 16:11, it says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In Psalm 43, verse 3, the psalmist writes, Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And on the harp I will praise you, O God, my God. And then he says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. You see, all of us get depressed. All of us get melancholy. All of us have sad days. But as the psalmist said in Psalm 43, he speaks to his, his own soul. Why are you cast down? Have you ever done that to yourself? I think the more mature a Christian gets, the more, you know, Christ medicated we become. Right? You hear what I'm saying? You, we learn to take care of ourselves. It's like, you know, when you first get saved, it's like you feel down and you're like going to call five friends. I'm down. I'm down. Pray for me. You know, and then you, you grow and you, you realize, oh, it's the Lord I need. You know, my five friends in the Lord are great and they're there for a specific time and place. But I must learn that Jesus is enough. I'm going to call him and I'm going to spend time with him because um he will show us the path of life, Psalm 16, 11. And in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. 
I come before I knew the Lord. I mean, I, you know, I was I was a, I was a hurt kid, angry kid, broken home, abused, and, and, and then when I lost heart, and you know, I began to drink and do drugs and live a sinful life, and I drank, you know, almost every day from the time I was 15, 16, all the way till I got saved. You know, just drinking. And I would listen to oldies, which is big in the Chicano neighborhood. And, uh, you know, we grew up on oldies. We grew up on, in other words, we grew up on sad songs, which compiles onto the sadness I was already living. And so there was a lot of depression. There was a lot of self-harm with drugs. Yeah, we would just, you get to a place you don't care. You're that down. You just, you're that depressed. You're that hopeless. All the music I listened to, even the gangster rap was just as angry and depressing and, you know, growing up on Tupac and all the other stuff I listened to. Then I was in the punk scene too, and that's all depressing too. So depression upon depression. I ate depression sandwiches for a living. And, uh, you know, drugs were big and people were depressed. A lot of heroin in El Monte. I remember the veteranos, the veterans, when they would shoot up or when they would listen to oldies, they would reference a needle as heroin, like the song, they were singing the oldie song to heroin. You know what I mean? And the, sad, the songs were all sad. So I come from that. And, uh, and then I get saved and it's like, to, to go from that to being hard, to very hard, very violent as well. You don't cry, you don't show, uh, you don't cry, you don't show feelings. And um, yeah, I became one of the leaders of, of our clique, you know, of our gang. And so to go from that to like the joy of the Lord, my only reference is I cannot believe I'm not going to hell. And that's why I smile. Whenever you see me smile, I'm smiling because I'm happy I'm not going to hell. I'm not smiling because that's what the TV pastors do. I'm smiling because I truly am really amazed that I'm going to heaven. And... Uh, and then the love of Christ has been poured out on my, in my heart and in your heart. And then we, we, we have this gladness, this joy. It's not, oh, I mean, you know, I wake up, I don't wake up like that. You gotta go, you gotta go search it out and seek it. Seek and you shall find, you know, knock and it shall be open to you. Asking you shall receive. And God will give the Holy Spirit, which the fruit of the Spirit is joy, right? Is love and joy, joy. It's the Holy Spirit, see? So, but you have to seek it. That's why, like, I have compassion for those that are going through hard times and they're, they're like, 
down. We come, we weep with them, we hug them, we, we chill with them. We, we're there for them. But then you get those that are like just, they're not going through anything. They're just bummed out all the time. It's like, what's up with what's up? You know, have you been saved? <laughs> you know, like show some enthusiasm. Amen? Gladness. And you find it at the foot of Jesus. In his presence is joy. If you need it, turn everything off. Stop worrying about your problems. Stop it already. Turn off the phone. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.